there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi there. Just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast or even watch it on YouTube. I would love to hear what you think. I would love to get any suggestions and understand what kind of content you're looking forward to hearing more about. So please rate, please comment, please subscribe. And if you leave a review for the podcast, you'll get a freebie for efficient goal setting. So make sure to do that. Welcome to the podcast, She is Fab, where we discuss all things fab, women empowerment, and life coaching. My name is Evelyn, also known as the Fab Chief Desk, and I am a mindset transformation coach. Welcome back to another episode of the She is Fab podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Marina Hutton. Welcome, Marina. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm glad to have you. So Marina is a self-inquiry guide. She's a world nomad and a co-founder of the Pangolin Coaching Services. Tell us a bit more about your background and where you've transitioned from to where you are today. Yes. So my background is a bit of an adventure in itself. Um, Originally, I'm a um, quite a, a wanderlust soul, I guess. So I've always been grown up, like traveling uh, many different places around the world, going to school in different places, working, volunteering, that sort of thing. And it's led me to, I mean, be working as a consultant, uh, working in the business world, doing my business degree, and more recently into a nomadic lifestyle where I'm really focusing on more of this like yogic realm and self-inquiry realm. I love that. So in terms of the nomad lifestyle, was that prompted by anything in particular in your life? Or was it just based off of the fact that you enjoy traveling and kind of getting around? 
it's it's a mix of it. So I love the adventure. I love having life take these different twists and turns where, you know, we expect it to be going one way and pretty soon we end up somewhere where we couldn't even imagine that actually happening. And so one is to see different parts of the world to be challenged, but also to really live a life in alignment of living from that space of not really knowing always what's going to happen next and leaving space for it. And so in a way, like I think that this lifestyle in it, in itself is a yogic practice, constantly um, creating a clearing for something new, constantly coming up against um, maybe different cultures, different challenges, and really rising to them in a different way. Yeah, I mean, that sounds exciting, but I can imagine there can also be a little bit of fear, especially if you're not used to kind of getting around as much or, or if you're not comfortable with the unknown. I mean, in your case, you've been doing this for so long that maybe you have developed the comfort factor. But if you don't experience fear, did you at one point have any sort of resistance or hesitation? Oh, always, always. always. And it's probably something that not a lot of people see, but all the time, all the time. See, that's, that's an important thing to note is that, you know, a lot of times we make assumptions that because somebody is in a field or, they, or they're doing something or have done something for an extended amount of time that they no longer, you know, feel fear or have butterflies or anxiety or nervousness around that. So thanks for admitting that you still experience some form of fear. Yeah. And even to add on to that, that when my partner and I actually started this nomadic journey, I didn't know what it was going to look like. I'd quit my corporate job and I said, you know, I just really want to leave space. And, you know, it was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get my um, yoga instructor. I studied yogic philosophy for five months in India and done that, but, you know, adding that next level of training to it. And I really didn't, I really didn't know what that was going to look like. And even like a year and a half leading up to it, I was still questioning it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. So you had a corporate job and you decided that you wanted to transition and move beyond that to this new role that you're in. But there was a lot of uncertainty, fear around that. And even after you made the leap, there was still some of that remaining. Mm -hmm. And it's still evolving. Uh, because I think like, especially when it comes to careers and stuff like that, we're often condition to think of careers in a particular way. Do I fit in this role? And what I was finding also throughout my, my career is I kind of come up to these like edges of almost like a box and I just want to come out of it. And I find that even on, as an entrepreneur, I, I feel like there's a box and it's mm -hmm. like a really allowing myself to play outside of it and see what that looks like. And so it's constantly stepping into that uncertainty and creating and that mesh of creativity of taking a bunch of different things together, especially when it comes to self-inquiry, right? You say yoga, but really, is it is it just that? Right. I love that you say that because you're right. We do try to fit into a box or take a path that has been often traveled, right? We try to base it or emulate something that we see that gives us a sense of one normalcy, a sense of routine and a sense of, hey, this worked and was success for someone else. Therefore, it should work for me as like a blueprint. But really, we have to do things as they apply to us, you know, our comfort level or uncomfortability, right? You want mm -hmm. to pave your own way because what fits one person does not necessarily fit or work for the next. Exactly. Exactly. 
So we talked about, uh, you mentioned yoga a couple of times. So let's actually dive into what you do and your services and how you relate that to the practice of yoga. Sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I, I say the word yoga and I'm sometimes almost reticent to even say that word because it can bring up so many different things for people. And really when I say that, what I'm meaning is um, the practice of, of living a life of self-inquiry and expansion. Um, for example, when we think of yoga, we're often thinking about the physical practice of movement and asanas. And interestingly, that's actually one form of yoga that's used to prepare the body. Um, one, at least one purpose of it is to prepare the body for meditation to uh, unblock. And yoga really has, honestly, almost anything could be called yoga kind of in that realm. Um, uh, philosophy, the path of pursuing knowledge in inquiry, um, the devotion, um, service, breathing, meditation. It's all different forms of yoga of, of inquiring into the self. And so... A lot of like what I do is using that yo yoga as the frame, as the inspiration for self-inquiry. And so it's looking at us as a whole human beings, like where, where might there be like different blocks of stagnation? So really zooming into our body, zooming into our thought patterns, zooming into our energy, zooming into our breath and seeing what information is communicating to us. And then zooming in at a level where normally we might even think not think to ask questions we might not even think that there are blockages and so it's like almost going in as that like scientist adventurer like let's see what our current patterns have to tell us so that we can then identify that programming and actually use different practices to shift sometimes that's traditional yoga sometimes it's other things um that NLP, um, movement, different interjections in life and then allowing us to step into that new space creating a clearing within ourselves. And so that's really what lights me up. And that's what I think of when I think of, of yoga to preface that. <laughs> I'm so glad that you uh, gave a little more information there because when I first thought of yoga, when I read that and, and read your bio, I immediately went to the physical practice, mobility, the asana, as you said, uh, of yoga, right? I wasn't thinking about it in any other terms in terms of, you know, other practices that are internal to the self. So appreciate that clarification. Can you expand a little bit more? Because you've mentioned self-inquiry, right? Obviously, I can make my own assumptions as to what you mean to self-inquiry, but clarify for us what that means for you and in your practice. Great question. <laughs> I definitely get that one. So self-inquiry, when I see that term, one reason is because like we, we all in some way are inquiring into our life, whatever questions are arising, whatever challenges, um, there's something to learn. And where that word actually, where, where it came up for me more so was when I was studying um, yoga philosophy in India. And one of my, one of the, the head swamis that I was learning from would always bring it back to like being a seeker. And so they would teach, like teach something and say like, don't, don't just believe it. Don't just take it on. Like really see, is it true? 
and inquire into it and ask questions about it. And so what would happen is I'd end up asking a question, say like, is there an afterlife? And they might give me an answer. And honestly, I would always like walk away, scratching my head with a new question. And so the art of self-inquiry is is almost like finding better questions. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. And you know what? That's actually something that most of us, if not all of us, should live by, right? The That curiosity, that state of wanting to absorb and gain more knowledge. And it's true. You shouldn't just take someone's word on something. You really should do the work yourself to understand what it's about, to ask more questions and develop your own opinion and perception of it. I think as coaches too, and even those who are looking to either work with a coach or become a coach themselves need to have the curiosity that that self inquiry, as you're you're saying. Mm-hmm. And do you want another nerdy, uh, nerdy um, part of that as well around the knowledge piece? Yeah. Okay. So even in the, when I was talking about the different paths of yoga before in the Bhagavad Gita, which is a, a huge like yoga um, Vedic science text, and Part of that is that the one of the paths they speak to is the path of knowledge. And so even in that, it's, it's the path of knowledge isn't just like you hear it or you read a book and it's true. It's like, okay, you, you listen from like a teacher, um, and you're, you're learning kind of new information. Then maybe you're reading other sources to learn more about it. Then you're contemplating and just sitting, sitting with it and sitting, seeing what arises. And so there are so many levels, like we can take, um, one one phrase and we can like say a teacher says one phrase we go look at different books different understandings of it then we just sit with it so there's that those different layers that we can we can apply as well oh yeah that's a good point actually so whether you're reading something or watching something or listening to something I'm a big you know not only do I have this podcast but I listen to plenty of podcasts I'm also an avid reader uh another step you take to actually absorb the information fully is really apply it, right? Can you apply it to your life? Can you take those teachings and somehow make it applicable to you? What other sources are out there that either back up or contradict what you're looking at? So there's a little bit more to your point when you're pursuing something and that self-inquiry that you want to take that extra step in order to, again, form your opinion and absorb that knowledge fully. So that's a great point that that you brought up. Mm-hmm. So one thing I'm curious about, because I myself do uh, like guided meditations. I do mm-hmm. that, you know, for other folks. And then I have my own meditation practice that I take on for myself. And one of the things that I hear all the time, and which was difficult for me as well when I started, was the focus, right? Getting into the right state preventing my thoughts from running rampant for the duration of the meditation. So is there anything that you can offer in terms of guidance on how to properly uh, meditate or start a practice of meditation? Ooh, yes. Ooh, this is one of my favorite questions. Um, yeah. So when, like, firstly, if you're, if you're beginning a meditation practice, noticing how do you even relate with the word meditation? Like what, because there are so many different perceptions around it. One of the common things I often hear is a, oh, like my mind's too busy. I don't like, I, it's just not for me. And then the other side of it is, isn't that meditation, that thing where you don't, you just stop thinking. 
<laughs> so notice like what's there, right? And then after that, it's okay. So if it's, it's, it's the second thing I would say is it's not about not thinking. It's about like being aware that you even are thinking. And in that realization of meditation, like you are constantly noticing that you are not your thoughts. And so if you start to get frustrated, which I know I did in the beginning, no, start by looking at it from the perspective of, oh, like this is actually, if I'm feeling frustrated and I can't, and I'm having a hard time focusing, this is actually really awesome insight into how my brain works. And so applying that lens of curiosity, really getting curious about it. Um, the third thing I would say is around duration. So when I started practicing meditation, I was literally like jumping up and down it and meditating for three minutes. So if it's a minute, if it's three minutes, like just start there and do it every day because it's more about like the consistency of it than it is actually the duration and also about the intention, the devotion behind it. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess like to sum it up, one, I would just see like, how, what do you currently think meditation is? Because you're going to be coloring it going in. The second one would be, it's, it's not just about not thinking, it's that practice of being the observer. And then the third one is around like not that it, duration can really be anything that's more about that consistency and devotion and intention. And that as you continue to do it, your focus will like get incredibly better, but it's really just being gentle. It's like you're, you notice it drift off your thoughts and you come back to that focal point. Mm -hmm. What about awareness of the body? Anything to say on that aspect, right? With how you're actually positioned or where you're positioned. Right. Yeah. Because preparation, that is such a good, such a good point. Um, I mean, like I was saying before, but asana, so yoga movement is a lot for preparing um, the body for meditation. And so like, even if we think of going about our daily work, we might be like, oh, you know, I'm not really in the mood for this. So we might do something to help us get in the mood. And so I think it's kind of Actually, it's kind of hilarious how then we we think that we can just sit down and promptly feel focused to practice meditation. And so, yeah, it's like you can actually, one thing is like move the body. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's like you're dancing. Maybe you're just like shaking out your hands. Then you sit, you're going from the gross to the subtle. So gross from the body, then you go to more subtle. So start focusing on the breath. Bring your awareness to breath. Slow the breath down so that you're actually, the more... The longer your exhale is, the more it's really triggering that parasympathetic nervous system, that rest and digest, and then go into the practicing meditation. Yeah, so you might have like a 10-minute lead up to a five-minute meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you that are listening or watching, definitely, if you need to rewind that to <laughs> listen to those tips, those are really great tips on how to engage in meditation. The most important point I feel that that you've made in regards to how to start is the preparation, right? You can't just go from one state to another immediately. You want to ease yourself into it. And with meditation, especially if you're starting out, it can be very difficult to just jump right in. So you have to do something that will allow you to engage and get into that state. And then you apply the other aspects of it, right? Which is, again... It's not about not thinking. Your brain is constantly going. You're just shifting and altering the focus of your thoughts. 
right? There's the breathing aspect, the breathing that connects you and centers you to also help with that focus. Obviously, the environment that you're in is key as well, right? You want to be safe (laughs) in your practice, right? Uh, Comfortable. And in an environment that allows you to transition from the current state to the state that you want to be, and then the time, right? It, there is no set time for meditation. It is a buildup. Like any other activity or skill set, it takes time and effort. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes. So definitely listen to what Marina has said in regards to meditation practice. Marina, what <laughs> else do you use in your coaching apart from the yoga, not not the physical, but the other forms, as well as meditation, what other aspects do you include in your practice or your coaching services? So the one you're saying, like the the movement, the meditation, uh, the breath is really key. Uh, And then the one is just like that, that coaching, that powerful questioning and inquiry um, Mm -hmm. into it. So really, like, as I was saying, it's like you can do the practices, but then zooming in to like, what is there to see? What's Mm -hmm. coming up? And that also, and I don't know if this entirely answers it, but it's related that even when it comes to the meditation practice, um, or breath, so many of us have, we have different ways that we even visualize and experience meditation. Sometimes it's like very sensory. Sometimes it's very much in uh, imagery. Sometimes it's in cuddles and and, and colors. And so when we're able to tune into what that is for us, we can actually go deeper and kind of access even other areas to inquire into or other like messages by tuning into what that is for us. So it's like helping people to notice even what is that for them? Because especially nowadays with social media and everything, it's like, oh my gosh, overwhelm. What kind of, what meditation should I be doing? Okay, well, what's your temperament? What do you want to do? What's the purpose? And then you can align it. The other aspect that I'm focusing on is daily interjections. So it's like, okay, we have our formal practices. Now, how are you going to enter on the day-to-day? It could be more like you have a certain like tapping that you're doing in certain moments. It could be that you're going to be paying attention to something during the week. And it's kind of like some kind of organic practice that's going to open up. You can integrate, interject day-to-day. That's the other element. I think that what you're doing is so great because at least for me, it's an alignment. Uh, I'm a mindset coach. So as a mindset coach, I focus a lot on the internal, right? We question what's going on inside that then affects the external. You're doing similar with that self-inquiry and those practices to open you up. A lot of times we as humans don't want to do that work. We don't want to acknowledge or assess what we have internally, whether it's trauma, negative experience, uh, limiting beliefs. So in your practice, I'm sure that you have seen resistance with your clients and trying to access those parts of themselves uh, in doing that, that self inquiry. Is that something that you experience more often than not? Or is there like a balance of folks who have resistance versus being open to the experience? I find there's a lot of openness. Um, Maybe it's to do with the kind of people that I'm working with that it's already like there's there's a pull and there's a thirst that it's it might be like okay I'm ready to like level up or I feel myself being pulled like life might be good but it's like I, I feel like a pull to some something greater and there's something I can't quite put my my finger on 
And that the other lucky then in that sense, <laughs> they're coming <laughs> and they're ready and willing. <laughs> they're not like, oh, yeah. I think, can you, I don't know, maybe convince me? <laughs> yeah. Well then that, like, I would say that, then that's even something to inquire into, right? It's like, what's okay. <laughs> that's the nugget we're going to work with. Or it's like, okay, maybe you're not here. And it's like, there's some other piece. So Layla, just meet you where you are and go into that. Cause it's like something might, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you but it makes me think some... of organize. Sorry, go ahead. No, finish your thought. <laughs> I think it also makes me think of like in organizations. Cause as when I was working, I used to work as a change management advisor and, um, management consultants. So it was looking at like change management is the people side of change in organizations and management consulting along like strategic clients. So it's like, where do you want to go? And where are you currently? And mm-hmm. even that process actually mimics a lot of our, in, our, our, our life that it's like, okay, you've got like a current state and there's some relation that you might have to, you might want to get somewhere or you feel like you're being pushed somewhere. And what's mm-hmm. that experience for you to actually make that change? It's, it's actually quite similar. Yeah, that's actually perfect for you. Uh, now that I understand, you know, that aspect that you've worked in that capacity, because yeah, as you said, it's similar to what you're doing, right? It's impacting some sort of change, understanding where you are currently, and where you plan to be, and helping, right, that path, that route from A to B. So it's perfect. It's, it's, it's a great transition for you. Makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's interesting well, how and- some folks start one way, and do something else and the transition it, it's like it's an alignment in some way with what they did before totally totally it's like that um like something a line that's been coming to me like more that this more and more like this past week is really like okay you like the goal but do you actually like the journey to get there and a lot of that is even okay you might have a goal but there are so many different ways of getting there and one of the things that i think isn't actually always communicated is that people say, for example, um, my background's in, env- in more like environmental stuff. So maybe there are some people watching this that are environmental or they're in some kind of niche. Like you go to university for some something, maybe it's like you love political science or you love the environment and you kind of get gung-ho about that and you want your career to be about that. And then when you get into the the career realm, it's, it's a lot about like there are certain functions to be performed in order to serve that purpose. And so if you can tap into the, the functions that you've have, had in different odd jobs or volunteering, you're going to be able to see, you're going to be able to use those to better service whatever goal you have mm-hmm. and to see those commonalities of how they actually do, do link together. Yes, I love that point. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. You know, I've had several transitions in my life as well, but they, I found in exploring those transitions that there's something that's related with each of the roles that I have played. And even now with the role of coach, you know, what my previous role was and and what that played. So I always tell folks, you know, it's not about the destination always. It's the, you want to focus too on the, on the path that you're taking to get there and celebrate those transitions uh, a lot of the younger folks <laughs> sometimes struggle with, oh, I'm going to college for this subject matter. And then they graduate and are not quite sure whether they want to proceed with that. And then as they age or even, you know, in the span of, of a couple of years may have several transitions, 
but they're not seeing that as a positive. They're seeing it as a negative, as, as failing to really pin down what they're meant to do. So really the, the, the topic of the, the point I'm trying to make in this topic is that you should not focus so much on the end point, right? Look at your transitions, look at the positives of that, how they relate to each other, because there's an answer there on where you're being called to, what you should be in alignment with and where you're going to end up. Mm, Super well said. So Marina, uh, in your practice and the work that you've done with your clients, uh, what would you say are some of the challenges that you face, either working with your clients or challenges that you have yourself as an entrepreneur? Oh, yes. Um, Highlights. Loaded. (laughs) Highly related to what I teach. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges, both especially when um, like, you know, when, even if I bring it back to like when the pandemic first started, I could not believe the kind of thought loops that I had and the impact of them and how much they got in the way baffling. And I think that's one of the most challenging things, just that conditioning and that, that self doubt and that like feeling like, Oh, I need more information. I need more training, like all of that kind of stuff. And that it actually got to the point where there was so many like thought loops that I literally was getting sick of them, right? They become so loud that then you're like, okay, I'm just going to drop these. But it just made me so present to what a big thing that is in entrepreneurship. I mean, I've gone to business school, I've done consulting, and then it's like I go and I'm starting my own thing and I'm just Mm -hmm. gobsmacked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've heard it said that if, if people really knew what it takes to be an entrepreneur, Maybe they might not explore that as an option. I think that naivety and not knowing all that it takes is what really helps us to to get into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, totally. I totally. Someone actually told me that when I was in business school. They're like, yeah, uh, it's almost, um, ironically, I studied entrepreneurship too. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, some people are actually better off if they don't like study that and you just go like gung-ho ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Uh... There's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah. So you if you're listening to, uh, to this, beliefs. <laughs> pardon, I was saying that way you don't have it or set any limiting beliefs on entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's an interesting topic. Like of, of people that have gone through like these like business school and, and, uh, and whatnot, like almost deprogramming what's there, like taking the nuggets and like the key learning. But I feel like that could be almost a whole other, like that would be an interesting discussion to have with entrepreneurs who have had that similar background. Yeah. To understand like, okay, you went to school for this, right? How does it uh, relate? What are the expectations? How different is it from what was in school versus what you're actually dealing with? Uh, Because let's face it, we've all gone to school or have studied in some capacity uh, on some topic. And more often than not, at least in my experience, what you study versus the real world uh, implications and what you actually do can be very different, right? It's mm-hmm. both smart versus the actual experience. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that uh, <laughs> that's one of the, the things that I learned when I started my entrepreneurial journey 
is that it's, it is a lot easier to sit back and follow direction, right? For example, working in corporate, you have a boss, you have expectations and goals that are set for you. And there is uh, sort of a fallback, right? You're not reliant on yourself. But as an entrepreneur, you are the boss, you are the dictator, as well as the employee. So there, there is no fallback. There is no room to wait because it's all on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's, it's interesting because it's such a two-sided thing. Like there's so much like amazing potential by stepping into that. And it's like you're saying there, it's a, it's a lot on, on the shoulders. I would still choose it again and again. Yes. So I'm curious, uh, we talked about COVID a little bit. And one of the things that I do like to ask when I remember to ask (laughs) for my entrepreneurs is, you know, were they established and working in this capacity prior to COVID? And if not, uh, what, I'm sorry, not if not, if you were working in this capacity before COVID, how has that changed for you after COVID? Yeah, um, it's been a, it's been a journey. Um, the when COVID hit, I was teaching. I was in the Philippines and uh, teaching yoga in person, and I was doing a little bit online, but it, it was more like focused in person. And again, it was because I was in a in a period of transition. It was also being created at the same time, so that it was nice because I guess I wasn't transitioning everything online at the same time. I had this idea of what it would be like, like more working in that personal in-person capacity. And so I found that it was like undoing some of the expectations and the resistance around being online. Because I, when I was working in consulting, I was constantly looking at a computer and I was looking forward to doing less of that. And so it was that, again, there were different thought loops associated with that transition. And now that I feel like I'm coming out more the other side of it, when I'm really excited to be online and to have had this time to almost like this forced time to be like to set up something more sustainable that actually is going to give more more mobility, um, serving in a way that's way more aligned to myself. And it was really by like sticking in that space of ambiguity. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Uh, I find that the best stories uh, with regards to COVID and entrepreneurship are the folks that have had a chance to transition uh, slowly, right? It wasn't like an abrupt switch where they have one model and now they're forced into another model, right? Having that transition where you were starting right before and then after the epidemic, you complete that has made it a lot smoother for folks and they've had more positive uh, experiences, so this might be controversial, but I have to ask, what do you like better in terms of your model, what you had before COVID or what you have now uh, during, I guess, COVID? Because we're still in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, well, I guess I didn't have as, my, um, as much, it, like it, it turned a lot of like the ideas I had into fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I was in that creation stage anyways and in a mm-hmm. in transition. And so it was kind of like, creating and um yeah yeah. makes sense they clarified that (laughs) 
I got to say, so far, you've listed a couple of places where you've uh, traveled or done your studies or helped clients. Uh, where are you based out of now? Are you international or are you in the States? I'm in Canada right now and soon to be Ecuador, which I'm super excited about. Uh, that is awesome. So tell me a little bit more about the travel aspect Uh in terms of your business model, are you connecting with folks that then call you out there? Like, do you set up workshops? How is the travel piece incorporated? Or are you just going somewhere and then building out prospects? Now, now that I've moved it, now that I've chosen to be predominantly online, it's, um, it's I guess it's, it's just, it doesn't matter where I am in the world. And so it's building both like maybe people I've, I've met like in different, different points of my life in different places. And yeah, so I guess to answer your question, it's, it's, it's not really location dependent anymore. That's awesome. That's a time for a lot of us, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> location independence work from anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm curious, uh, Marina, in terms of your offerings, is there anything that you're currently offering that maybe is new from what people know you uh, for or anything that you are setting in place that will maybe premiere at a later point? And if not, you can talk about what you currently have in terms of offerings. Yeah, so I'm doing what I was referring to before around like that self-inquiry and in different levels to support people in transition and change leveling up to a new space. And then also my, my partner and I have recently joined forces. So we're kind of like a yin and yang team where he works more on like the strategic, like um, business life coaching end of things. And he's really got a superpower around that, like of clarity and communication and really getting clear on where someone wants to go and how to get there. And then I'm working more. So he's like the one kind of helping someone drive the car where it's going. And I'm like the one who's helping me with change the oil, make sure the car is running. Like how, how is your system doing? So we've started working in that capacity. Mm-hmm. And the other one is really that, that recorded stuff that people can access all the time. So we've got a upcoming, or perhaps it's, it's live when you're listening to this. And that one is about focus. We've got an online course on focus. That's really that yin and yang perspective, that project manager mind mixed with the mindfulness one. And then I will be releasing a collaboration on Spotify soon, which will be with different meditations and with a, a group called Little Symphony, which mixes music and nature sounds. So I'm really looking forward to upcoming oh, collaborations around that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that all sounds amazing. And I, and I say it must be a little bit easier on you to have a partner that you can sort of divide and conquer and also bounce ideas off of. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's super nice. And it's, you know, it's like, even when we're having conversations, we can ideate about something we're creating together rather than, hey, what do you think about this that I'm doing? It's yeah, nice <laughs> to make it a little bit more productive. And, you know, we kind of fill in like each other's um, like weaker, weaker parts to make make more of a round, well, well-rounded whole. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is this uh, your partner? Did you meet him? Uh, in your studies or was it like through any sort of 
network groups that you're a part of? How did you guys actually come to collaborate? We used to work together. And so we met, we met through there and then we started dating later on when we didn't. And oh. now here we are. <laughs> so I mean, so partner in that partner, sense. Partner, partner in like a partner, partner, husband, senses. partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, no I problem. was just thinking business partner, but yeah. Okay. A partner in, in many senses. <laughs> yeah. I need to clarify that. <laughs> I just like that term, so I use it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) no problem. (laughs) So you've heard it here, folks. Marina has several ways that she can help you and several offerings. How are folks able to get in touch with you, Marina, so they can view and communicate with you on what you're putting out there? If you um, on social media, I'm Maureen Hutton on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My partner and I's uh, collaboration is called Pangolin Coaching Services. So you can find that on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And then I've got a Facebook group called Pause from Scrollings for those interjections as you're going through to just take a mindful pause. Maybe there's a question for inquiry or practice. And if you want to find any of these easiest ways to just find me on one of those platforms and I can just send you a link to whatever interests you. (laughs) And if you have questions about meditation, I'm happy to answer those as well. (laughs) Yes, guys, those of you that are listening or watching, you know, as usual, we'll put all the details on how to connect with our amazing guests in the podcast details, but take the extra step and actually go check them out because you never know how they'll benefit you or even if at a later point in your life, you'll need these services. And even again, if you don't right now, there's still something you could learn or some value that you can find. So the last thing I'll ask you, Marina, at least if nothing else is prompted, because sometimes I think I'm done and I'm not done. (laughs) Fair. Is there there anything that you want to share? Anything that I might not have asked you that you want to put out there and share with the audience? Nothing I can think of. I've really loved our conversation. And again, like, like you're saying, I just think that um, people's paths cross in really mysterious ways. So yeah, if there's anyone who this resonates with, or you want to collaborate, or you have a question, like really feel free to reach out. I love just kind of getting geeky about this stuff as you can see. And yeah, but thank you so much for the nice conversation and the questions. Always a nice time to to reflect. (laughs) Thank you for your time, for offering your wisdom and for informing the audience on the services that you offer as well as providing some tips that they could apply as soon as they listen to this podcast. Beautiful. (laughs) All right, guys. So as I always say, preparation, accountability, execution, and resolve are keys to your success. Until next time. So as you know by now, we're all about informing and empowering women. Well, now there's the addition of the She Is Fab shop where there is empowered fashion, printables, journals, mugs, and face masks. 
Check it out at www.sheisfab.net. That way you can purchase something for the lady, woman, or girl in your life. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.